and welcome to this episode, episode 14 of the Online Therapy Podcast with your host, Renee McDonald. And I'm here this afternoon with David uh, Lawson, David Lawson, and we are up to episode 14. Um, it's been a bit of a hiatus for this podcast. Um, things have been pretty busy, COVID land and my business. So thank you for your patience, everyone, for this next episode. Thank you, David Lawson, for joining me. Thank you, Renee. Thank you for inviting me to share some of my knowledge with you and your um, followers um, this afternoon. Excellent. Um, so I want to ask you first, David, uh, who are you and what do you do? Well, Renee, I'm a bald white guy. I'm on the wrong side of 50, but I'm on the right side of 60. Um, I've been in the people helping profession for nearly 21 years. And um, I am both a counsellor and a, uh, a coach. Okay, excellent. So um, I know that you do lots of different things, David, and you probably undersell yourself. So can you just give me a little bit more about what you do therapy-wise and coaching? Yeah, um, my week is very, is not boring. Um, I, it ranges from, um, I usually have two or three sessions a week as a supervisor uh, to number of supervisees I've got. Um, I do a lot of employment assistance uh, program counselling for, and I've got contracts with several of the large providers. And that's a lot of that is probably half of that EAP stuff is, is phone or, or Zoom, Zoom work. Um, I probably averaged about every six weeks, a critical incident debrief where there's been a workplace accident, death or suicide. So far this year, I've averaged three. So that's one a week at the moment. And I've got another one to do end of this week. Mm -hmm. um, and then one the following week to do. Um, mm -hmm. People have want me to come in. And I also do uh, about 40% of my week is working with couples um, doing relationships work. Mm -hmm. Yep. I know you're also a supervisor. Um, can you tell everyone listening in, because this is also a therapist are listening in, um, what kind of supervision do you do or provide to therapists in the um, biz? What's well, interesting, actually, majority of my supervisees is all done by phone or Zoom. Um, I live in a very, uh, I live in a small regional town in Queensland. And uh, most, all of my supervisees all live, um, all but two of my supervisees all live in different parts of the, parts of Australia. To me, mm -hmm. um, I only have have a couple who are actually based where I live. Uh, but everybody else is all over the place. So, uh, uh, my aim in supervision is we start off as a teacher student relationship, mm -hmm. but my aim is to, for it ultimately to be two people chewing the fat over about an issue with the aim of me learning you learning and to make, uh, uh, to do better work with uh, with that particular client. That's my aim. And, uh, mm. and um, you know, I really like seeing um, that student-teacher relationship go into into two colleagues just chewing the fat over, over thinking about things out loud. I, I really like that because I think that's where we get to the deeper meaning of, of things and where the rubber hits the road in my, in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like that approach and I guess it's very similar to my approach too. Um, I guess, do you use particular models in supervision? Um, 
it's probably a little bit experiential in terms of, so what does that mean for you, Renee? If someone says, so David, um, what do you think I should do here? Well, I, I flick it back and go, oh, okay. So you're asking me what I, what I would do. Um, what do you think, what tells you that you've got a problem? What tells you that, that you need to ask me? Um, or sometimes I'm really naughty. I just say, so tell me what you wouldn't do. Yeah. Sometimes I think exploring the negative, yep. uh, what's the worst that can happen from this? Sometimes we actually have a better, a deeper and more richer uh, conversation when we yep. discuss that. So, um, so sometimes I'll actually go down that path. Um, mm. so, yeah. so it's about helping the person to, to do their own inner work, but to reflect, to, 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 to reflect out loud. And yeah. so therefore, if you do that enough times, in my, my, my opinion, things start to become autopilot. You go, mm. yeah, this it becomes intuitive. You know this is the right thing to do. This is the right path to go. Or oh no, um, you know, I think I might yeah. just need to take the foot off the pedal here. This could be this could blow up on me here. I just need yep. to be careful. So that sort of stuff becomes intuitive. And I think that's important. Yep. And I know that uh people before COVID said that you couldn't get that sort of intuitiveness online. Well, can I tell you, I was probably one of those. I was thought, yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> can I tell you, since COVID, and I've done so much work online as a result of COVID, I go, you know what? I reckon you can have that intuition on, uh, be intuitive on um, online. And, and Brene, you talk about online presence. And I think yep. that's, when I first heard that, I think, well, I think she knows who she's talking about. But, you know, <laughs> but now I've experienced for myself, I go, oh, my goodness, that is right. It, yep. That does exist. That yes. is right. Yes. Uh, that's kind of a good, um, in the TV biz, they'd call it segue, but to a good um, kind of process and, and flick into the next question I was going to actually ask you is, um, how did you get into working online in the first place? Well, my first experience of ever helping anybody was online. Mm. Um, I cut my teeth as a crisis counsellor on the Lifeline crisis line. Um, so I was doing that for, for, for a couple of years before I even did anything face to face to start with. So, mm -hmm. so I've actually cut my teeth on the online world and, mm -hmm. um, yeah, sure enough, it was telephone. Um, it's a little bit different today cause they're on the people on, um, crisis lines now are on timeframes and that, but back in those days we could mm -hmm. do, we could spend an hour with someone holding the yeah. space until the ambos or the police got there or until the call was traced. Because in those days, and I'm talking 21 years ago, in those yeah. days, um, it, it took a, like 20 minutes for a call to be traced. Whereas today, I think it's a, it's a heck of a lot quicker than that. Yeah. Um, so uh, so I learned to hold the space with, with people who are suicidal, mm. you know, sitting there with them for 45, 50, 60 minutes. So that's how I cut my teeth on the online yeah. world. Yep. And that's so fascinating because I have a very similar experience and it was about 20, 21 years ago that I worked for Lifeline as well on phones. And so, yeah, so I think that that is invaluable. So I, what would you tell, you know, students or learners, because a lot of students and learners also listen to this podcast um, who might be studying counselling or psychotherapy or coaching, uh, just wondering what you would then tell them about doing voluntary work, like based on that then? Well, I tell people now, if you're thinking about going into the counselling world, therapy world, 
do the Lifeline Telephone Counselors course. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't meet their requirements to go on the phones, at least you've learned a hell of a lot about how people work, yeah. uh, about different things in life. And also you'll explore some of your um, um, things that are pushing your buttons. Yep. Um, because they're not going to let you go on the phone unless they think you've got the goods. And if you do do get through to get through to the phone, I say to people, look, do it for 12 months. Put that training into place. Mm. Uh, when I was working, um, I actually ended up having a paid position as a face-to-face counsellor at Lifeline. Mm. And at the time, there was 20 of us in the building at that time. Um, and I think 18, 17 or 18 of us had all cut out teeth on the crisis line. Yeah. So they, they, if they had to, if they had a position coming up, they would give it to someone who'd been on the phone for a while because they knew that person's yeah. skills. Yep. Exactly. Um, and they, they'd sort of proved themselves. They yep. didn't have to work out, oh, I wonder if this person's really as good as their resume says. Um, yeah. I, look, I think the volunt volunteer stuff is good. In it, and rather than go and do a degree for straight up, you've had a you've had a bit of an idea about what it's going to be. And uh, if you don't want to do that sort of work, that's fine. There's other avenues. But I would say volunteering is a good way is, is to get, look how, get a look at how other people do what they do. Yeah. Yeah, so, some of the best um, experiences I've had, you know, moving through the field have been voluntary that have then led to paid work, which is fascinating to say out loud, you know, whether it's, um, you know, placement, um, due to uh, studying or, or, or lifeline and and yeah and I did very similar suicide buddy and I did all that kind of stuff and on top of that then I was paid on a, um, a domestic violence line through lifeline back in the day so so I'm hearing you on all of those levels and yeah we also had face-to-face um, -face, um, uh, you know counseling at the time um, I didn't end up going there because I got a paid job instead so um, but but this is this is all great. What I'm after, though, I guess today our conversation is around in the online space. How are you finding that? This is also for the listeners to hear. How do you find the online space? Being a therapist, how do you? What is your experience as being? What has helped you um, work your way through the navigation of the crazy online world as it is? Just kind of want to put that over to you now. Two things. 12 months ago, if you would have said that I would be seeing, I would be doing couples work online and that I would have, I would be doing sessions with couples and individuals in, in their bedroom <laughs> while they're on their bed with the laptop at the end of the, at the foot of the bed. If you would have told me I would be doing sessions where people pulled up in a lonely um, country road um, and, and we're doing the session there, them talking in their phone, leaning up against a tree and telling me, David, no one ever uses this road, so we'll be fine. Yet in that 60-minute session, three people drove down the road and said, are you right, darling? Um, no, no, I'm, I'm all good. I'm just talking to someone. Oh, okay. Or if you would have said to me that I would have... Um, been conducting sessions in the middle of a, a cow paddock um, where a grazier was um, checking his cows and here he is in his ute talking to me for 90 minutes and there's a cow coming up putting its nose in there to see what he's doing I would have said 
nah, no, no way in the world would I be doing that. However, they're all experiences that I've had. Um, and um, let's just say I'm not sort of phased by that anymore, but I would have, I guess before COVID, I had this, these boundaries, which were very rigid, but now I still have boundaries, but they're a little, they're a lot more flexible because you've got to meet the person where they're at. And I, and I get that now. Um, mm. I sort of got it before, but I really get it now, you know? Mm. Um, and look, I, up to point now, I'll say to people, look, you know, um, you don't need to drive two hours or three hours to come and see me. We can do this online. Mm. Um, some people still want to drive that time, but, but most of them now, there's been, I've noticed a shift. People are happy to do that online now. Yep. Um, you know, so yeah. Mm, awesome. And so, you know, just making a declaration, David did his training with me, just kind of wondering how you found that experience and just what you'd make suggestions, recommendations or other things for the industry just in general. I think that the biggest mistake you can make in our industry is that you don't need to go and use something, learn something. I'm not saying you need mm. to do another master's or degree or whatever, mm. but I, I think knowledge is, is, is very important. Mm. And uh, your stuff, um, I just wanted to have a better understanding of that. And I'd actually started doing it long before COVID. Mm. And I just wanted to expand my knowledge in that area. I'm just going, well, if I'm doing this stuff now, maybe I'm not doing it right. I was doing Skype. Well, I stopped using oh, Skype as soon as I did the first bit. I think, oh, okay, I understand why I don't do Skype. Okay, get that. And so it's just like it's one thing at a time. You know, understanding um, your privacy and security, that's more important in the online space than it is in the other space. It's all important whichever way you go. But on the online world, you have to be a lot more careful. And, uh, and I guess that's where doing your stuff has has, has, has pushed has has shown me okay all right okay i totally get that and and what i need to look for if i'm going to use somebody's stuff you know where i might what i what i might look for to go determine whether this is safe or or, or not safe you know mm. Mm. yeah good yeah because a lot of therapists out there didn't necessarily work in tech before they were therapists or didn't necessarily work in any particular field. A lot of people, it might be their first job or, or they might have gone off and had kids and they come out and then they're a therapist on the back of this. And then often there's been this assumption that you can be a therapist and you don't necessarily need to be on top of technology. That was definitely in the past. Mm. But now things have really changed and a lot of people are having a transition, even reluctantly. And this is what I've found in the field, even with COVID. It's like there's this sometimes there's even somewhat of a reluctance, you know, and then a not, not a belief that you can have the same therapeutic outcome. I'm wondering now for you how you find your therapeutic outcomes online now versus before and particularly before you did any training. I definitely get better therapeutic outcomes today than I did 12 months ago. But then I would say I get better therapeutic outcomes than I did five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. That's because my experiences got better. And the more people you talk to, the more you should learn from that. Um, 
the more knowledge I've gained and you do some training courses like yours, then mm -hmm. you go, oh, okay, I can use that. Oh, really? Okay, I shouldn't do that. All right, and I see why I shouldn't. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, now I should say, not that I wasn't getting good therapeutic outcomes 15 years ago, I just realized I could have um, done more if I'd known mm -hmm. more. So that's where I was in my journey. And we're all like that. Yep. Um, yep. So I just realized that the out, the outcomes I get now uh, are better because, especially on the online world, because I'm more comfortable. My presence yes. is one is confidence. Yes. Um, yep. And I can, uh, and I'm not a techie by any, by any means. I just know that you push certain things, certain things happen. That's all I know. Um, but 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 knowing that knowledge often is more than what the client has, and just being able to say, look, it's it's okay. Yeah. And I guess Renee, I know at some stage you can ask me this, but if no one wants to, if no one uh, takes away anything but what I'm about to say, this is what I would say about the online world: you need yeah. to have a plan B. Yep. So you rely on the internet, whoever your carrier is. In Australia, we got the NBN but it's really, really good then to have your mobile phone there that you can tether off. Or if the Zoom doesn't work on your, mo on your the tethering doesn't work, you can just rip your phone out and you can do the Zoom session on it. Yeah. Um, that has been the best, that's been the best advice. Yeah, you got yours there too. That's best bit of advice um, that you shared. And I went, yeah, I get that. Because uh, there were some days during COVID that the NBN, you could you could walk faster than the NBN was working, you know, <laughs> yeah. seriously. So um, I went on, uh, I went, so I, I just, I'd have to tether off my phone because it's a different network. Since then, what I've done is what I've realized is that I'm still not um, safe. So what I've done is I'm with, I'm with one big carrier. Mm -hmm. And now I went and bought a uh, prepaid mobile with, the, with their opposition. Yep. The chances of both their networks being down together is very slim, okay? Because mm -hmm. they're competing networks and they have very large networks, um, and so that's what I've done to. That's my that's my plan B, in case something doesn't work. At mm -hmm. least I've got a plan B. Excellent. And that's the biggest piece of information I learnt, and that's I think that's something that we all need to have a plan B. If this crashes, I mean my laptop. You realise my laptop, it happened today when we were talking this, my laptop crashed two minutes before we were supposed to talk. <laughs> yep, it happens. So I had my phone all done and my phone logged on onto our session and then my computer started again. And next thing I got, oh, Renee says, David, there's two Davids here. Uh, I'd logged in from two different things. So I just uh, got out of my phone. So folks, that's just a really good example of having yeah. a backup plan. Yeah. It's really important because that makes you look professional. Yep. And if it's the first session with your client and they're really anxious yep. and it just all falls out, they go, oh, my God, oh, well, oh clearly it's me. You know, yeah. that's, they're going to take it. They're going to yeah. take it that way. So it's good yeah. to have a plan B. So I couldn't emphasize that enough, but to have a plan B. Yep. Great. And, yeah, especially in the country and any kind of regional areas like yourself, David, and, my, and me down here too, anywhere out of the cities, the, often the internet is hit and miss. Mm. So it's really important to have some kind of a plan B if you can get one. Yeah. One of my supervisees, she um, she does a lot of phone work. Um, so she calls a client and then waits 10 minutes 
and then calls them again to have the session because um, it takes five to 10 minutes for them to walk down to the front gate or to hop into their ute and drive to the highest spot on their property so they can have the conversation. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Mm. Uh, they see that she's called. Okay, great. I need to go and find that high spot. And, that, and that's how they do her stuff. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we've got to have workarounds basically. So, you know, whether it's plan A and plan B or just some kind of way to work around mm -hmm. the issue, um, it's thinking about those kind of possibilities. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So I guess now um, I've got a few final questions where it's like, what are some things some from this conversation here, but even your work in the field in the online space, what are some takeaways for the people who are learning um, or, or just starting out themselves that you could suggest? Well, we talked about the plan B. Yep. The second most important thing, make sure you've got a supervisor who knows something, mm -hmm. has been around for a while. Yep. Um, and make sure you check that supervisor out. Um, yeah, yep. see if yeah you know, do a, a discovery call with them. Um, just see what they're like, because um, it may not click, you know. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, you want a supervisor there who's there to help you, not for them to boss you around. Because it's all about you and about yeah. them. Um, so that's the second. That's the second thing. Third thing is um, really encourage you to do more than the PD that you require for your professional membership. I aim to do a hundred hours a year yeah. and I usually blow that away every year. Um, but I aim to do a lot more. Why? Because I think that 20 hours is a bit of a cop out that I'm not mm. casting dispersions on anybody else. But for me personally, I think I need to do a hundred in terms mm. of supervision. I don't think 10 hours a year is, is sufficient. I just do two hours. I do one, uh, do one hour a fortnight for individual session, supervision. And then I, um, I do um, seven or eight hours a year of supervision on supervision. Yeah. Um, cool. And uh, yes, it's a lot of money, but you know, um, it keeps you on the straight and narrow, which is really important. Good supervision will makes it harder for you to stuff up. That's my, that's my opinion. I 100% agree with that one. And on that note, um, you know, I, if people want to know good supervisors, I've trained a bunch of them. David's one. There's other people in my lists um, that are good supervisors, particularly the online space. So often my people have done accredited supervision training as well as online supervision training with me. So you'll find um, the people who, who come into the AOTT training uh, are amazing people and amazing supervisors, yeah. Mm. So that's that's good. Anything else before we wrap up today that you can make suggestions about, David? Um, I started uni when I was 44 and I come out the end of six years later, I come out uh, with a degree, with a, with a master's. It's not too late to start. So any of you there in your 40s or your 50s, it's not too late. In fact, I think us oldies make probably have a, have a little bit on the youngers, younger people because we have lived experience. Yes. The other thing is if people want to find me, Renee, just um, just yep. Google findingthelight.com.au and you're going to find me. Okay, um, excellent. You'll, 
that I'm pretty easy to find. Just look for the old guy with the bald-headed guy with the white beard. Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> look that's up, who you to look for. Look up David Lawson, findingthelight.com.au. Yeah? Yes. So, um, so yeah, that's awesome. And thanks for that because I was going to ask you that final question of how do people get you? So you've done that for me. Um, so, yeah, thanks, David, for um, uh, for this talk. It's awesome. And, um, you know, I've said this before to some of my other guests that maybe we'll have you back on sometime and maybe even to, to, if you, if David, you're running any kind of project or other things in the online space, we'll have you back. So um, thanks, David, and we'll catch everyone next time. Thanks, Renee. My pleasure. Okay. Bye for now. Thank you.